I left the red wine and the Parmesan in the singing? I don't like the song, Ma. You're gonna love California. Get up in the morning, you roll out of bed, plop, you're in your swimming pool. Yeah, sure. All right, you'll see. You know, this isn't exactly a dump we're moving to, you know. Well, good morning, Westside. My name is Caleb Klinger. I am the student director here at Westside. Welcome to At The Movies. Uh, At The Movies is one of my favorite series that we do every year because we get to highlight some cultural stories that, that our culture uses movies to, to, to predominantly do storytelling. But the reason that we do this, the reason that we engage in at the movies is because Jesus was a storyteller. Jesus was a storyteller, and he used the stories of his day to teach timeless kingdom truths to people. And, and so that's our series' big idea, actually. Jesus used culturally relevant stories to share timeless kingdom truths to lead people to God. And so as Joe said, I am the student director here. We are engaging with our middle schoolers and our high schoolers uh, every week in our ministry areas to, to discover their identity in Christ, and we're trying to equip them to reach their God-given potential. And so today we're actually talking about the next generation and, and what the next generation of believers uh, looks like and how we as Christ followers are called to influence and equip the next generation. And so we're looking at a movie called Karate Kid, and this is the original Karate Kid from 1984. And we're looking at a family unit that is Daniel LaRusso and his mom, and they're moving from New Jersey all the way to California. And so it's this change of culture. It's this change of environment. It's a, a, uh, a promising change that his mother has promised all these things and all this great stuff is going to happen as they move. But they discover that it's not quite the way that his mom promised. And so Daniel is actually disoriented by his new location. Please don't say anything about the pool. I will call first thing in the morning. Hey, Ma, did you tell that old lady with the dog downstairs where you were from? Yeah. Didn't she remind you of Aunt Tessie? Aunt Tessie? More like Uncle Louie, right? <laughs> you know, I really think we're going to do good here. I have a very positive feeling. I'm telling you, Daniel. I just know it's going to work. Oh, the phone is broken. Oh, the real estate lady said that there's a fixer guy around here. See if you can find him, okay? Okay. What's that for? It's oh, Uncle Louie's dog. Oh, he's cute. Oh, my, I got invited to a party tomorrow. That's great, you see? Yeah, I know, but you wanted me to help you unpack? I don't remember saying anything about that. Good, I must have you mixed up with somebody else, sir. Thanks, Ma. Hey, could you tell me where the maintenance guy is? Hey, boy. Yeah, you go into there, turn left, not too far. Then right, go inside, you'll find him on the left. All right, so I go right, then left. No, no, left, then right, then inside, and the left. 
Hey, you met this man? Hey. Yeah, we're the new people in apartment 20. Yeah, I thought it's really weak in there. Well, can you come fix it? Hey. Well, can I tell my mom when? When what? When are you going to fix the faucet? After. After what? After, after. So despite his mom's best efforts and her positivity, we see that Daniel just doesn't quite know what his new surroundings are about. And that's true for us. Sometimes we don't understand, we often don't know how lost or disenfranchised our young people are. Sometimes we actually lose sight of, of what our young people are experiencing, what this next generation is dealing with. And so we need a new perspective on who we are in a culture that is hostile to God, hostile to truth, and wants to shut God out. We actually need a new framework, a new mindset when it comes to dealing with this next generation, especially when we're challenging them to be Christ followers. So Daniel realizes that uh, this is a new environment, a new culture, and he also realizes that there are now elements to this new place that are hostile and antagonistic. whole experience leaves Daniel feeling anxious, isolated, alone, like a foreigner 
in this new environment. And that's something that we actually have to face. The truth is that our young people are growing up feeling anxious and alone. In fact, our young people, this generation that's coming up behind us, are dealing with levels of anxiety that have never before been seen in a young generation. That psychologists are are warning of this epidemic of anxiety and depression that is capturing our young generation. And so following Jesus in today's culture and sticking to biblical and holy living is countercultural in a way that it hasn't been for almost all of America's history. We live in this post-Christian culture, a culture that is hostile to God, that is trying to shut God out of every avenue of life. And so we need a different perspective on what that means for our kids, for our young generation, when we are challenging them to live in a way that honors Jesus when we're challenging them to live a biblical worldview or live out a faith that is hostile to the culture that they're growing up in. Well, in our movie, Daniel doesn't have anyone to help him or train uh, him. He doesn't have the support network that he needs. His, His mom is doing the best that she can, but she's a single mother and she doesn't quite understand what's going on in his life. And so Daniel is willing to try anything, even on his own. Daniel, 
Nothing. Why did you throw your bike away? Because I felt like Please, it, Mom. look at me when I'm talking to you. Oh, my God. Mom. Oh, oh, my God. Would you tell me what's going on here? And don't tell me about another bike accident. What do you want to hear, Ma? I want to hear the truth. No, you don't want to hear the truth. All you want to hear is how great it is out here. Well, it may be great for you, but it sucks for me. I hate this place. I hate it. I just want to go home. Why don't we just go back home? Listen to me. Watch. I cannot help you unless you tell me what's wrong. I gotta take karate, that's it. You took karate. No, not, not, not at the Y, at a good school. Fighting doesn't solve anything. Oh, well, neither does palm trees, Ma. That's not fair. Yeah, well, like it was fair coming out here without asking me how I felt about it, right? That was really fair. You're right. I should have asked. Well, I just want to go home. That's it. I don't understand the rules okay, here. Let's I want to go home. You up and let's see if we can figure out the rules together, okay? What about your bike? It's safer taking a bus. Why can't we just go home? Why can't we just go home and forget this place? Trying to figure out things on our own is not how God designed uh, our lives to work. That's not how He designed the church to work. That's not how He designed our families to work. You see, God's plan is that His kingdom is passed from generation to generation. That the older generations teach the younger generations. It's laid out like this in Psalm 78. The, the psalmist talks about it in, in verse 5. He decreed statutes for Jacob and he established the law in Israel which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commands. You see, God's design for the church, for, for the families that follow him, God's design was that his statutes, his decrees, his law would be passed from generation to generation. And it's that we would be the primary discipler of our kids. That we would be the primary influence in our kids' lives, teaching them who God is and who they are in Christ. I feel too often we let our kids be discipled by other sources. It's so easy to, to maybe use technology or, or allow coaches or allow sports or allow society or culture, whatever it might be, allow them to be primary influences in our life. And then we bring our kids to Sunday service one hour a week and we expect them to somehow adopt this lifestyle of following Jesus when we aren't actually taking the time and the effort to invest and disciple our kids. God's design is that our kids would learn about God from us. God's design is that you would be the primary influence in your kid's life. And you would be the one that is teaching them the foundations of our faith. If we do not take on that responsibility, then our kids will be discipled by other sources. And they're going to turn away from God. If you don't have that burden on you for this next generation, they will be discipled by other things. And, and our culture is shutting God out at every turn, is teaching them that God has no value when it comes to their lives. And so we need to feel this responsibility. Without instruction or training, we see that Daniel 
tries to do whatever he can to fight back. So Daniel's attempt to get back at Johnny was futile, but thankfully, Mr. Miyagi intervened. He also realized that someone needed to take Daniel under their wing and begin to train him. And you see, maybe the Holy Spirit is moving in your heart and your mind right now that you need to take a stance of intervention in the young generation. Maybe you're beginning to realize that there is a responsibility that we have as Christ followers. 
See, you need to train up the next generation to disciple them to be followers of Jesus. That's part of our mission as, as who we are as Christ followers, to, to train and equip the next generation to become followers of Jesus as well. We have that responsibility, church. We have that responsibility as followers of Jesus to invest in and train up a new generation of believers. And it's our responsibility to feel the burden for this next generation to know who God is and to know who they are in Christ. And so Mr. Miyagi takes Daniel under his wing and begins to teach him. Walk on the road. Hmm? Walk right side, safe. Walk left side, safe. Walk middle, sooner or later, get the squish, just like grip. Here. Understand? Yeah, I understand. Now ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Yes. Let's make sacred pact. I promise teach karate. That's my part. You promise learn. I say you do. No question. That's your part. Deal? Steel. First wash all the car, then wax. Wax. Wait, why do I have to wash all the car? Remember, dear, no question. Yeah, but I... Wax on, right hand. Wax off, left hand. Wax on, wax off. Breathe in through nose, out the mouth. Wax on, wax off. Don't forget to breathe. Very important. Wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Hey, where these cars come from? Wax on. Detroit! Wax off. Wax on, wax off. La, 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 la. Wax on. Like the hand, make a circle. Wax off. Sunder. What do you do with him? Funny you should ask. Uh, right the circle. Left the circle. Wait, wouldn't it be easy going back and forth? Aye, 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 but you go circle. Right the circle. Left the circle. Right the circle. Left the circle. Breathe in, breathe out. Right the circle, left the circle, right the circle, in, now. That's it, that's it. All in the wrist. Huh? Wrist up, down. Wrist, all in the wrist. Up, down, wrong stroke. Ah, very good. Up. Ah, no, look me, look fence. Hey. Up, down, touch, 
So Mr. Miyagi, through the chores that he had Daniel do, te- teaches these foundational aspects of karate. And so what is our mission then? What is our responsibility? What, what do we do? How do we do it? We need to teach the next generation the foundations of faith. You need to teach 
the next generation these foundational aspects of what faith in Christ is. And that's what we do in our early childhood, our grade school environments, our middle school, our high school environments, is we're teaching them these foundational aspects of faith. We're teaching them that God created them, that God knows them, that God loves them, that Jesus came to die for them, that that their identity should be rooted in Jesus. But you have the responsibility to reinforce those and to continue to teach those foundations of faith to the next generation. You have the the ability, the, the capacity to invest in the next generation so that they can have a faith that stands out in a culture that is shutting God out. You have the ability to teach them that following Jesus requires discipline and daily devotion. The discipline that Daniel had to have to show up every single day knowing there's probably some monumental task ahead of him. But the devotion in order to work at that task when, when Jeremiah was writing this letter to the exiled nation of Israel in Jeremiah 29, he, he's speaking for God here, and God says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. That daily devotion we have has to have all of our heart. We have to put all of our heart into this. And Paul, writing to the church in Colossae, says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters. We have to teach this next generation what what these spiritual disciplines are. The the reading of the scripture, the praying, the fasting, the serving, the being together in community and fellowship with one another. And we have to demonstrate what it looks like to follow Jesus with all of our heart. And when we're doing that, when, when you're engaging in that type of discipleship, when you disciple the next generation, you are preparing them for spiritual battles. You're preparing them for a life that that is going to be adversarial to what culture wants, to what the society is going to pressure them into. And so we see in the movie that, that after this training, after he learns all these foundational things, Daniel is mentally and physically prepared for the conflict now. you to take away from today is that God wants you to train the next generation to follow Jesus and to advance his kingdom. That it's our responsibility as Christ followers to invest in the next generation and to teach them how to be Christ followers. That that is a primary goal, that is a primary mission statement for what it means to be a follower of Christ. That we are investing in the next generation. That we are teaching them who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for them. That we are teaching them how to live a life that honors God. And how to live a life 
that is chasing after Jesus. And it's through our, our teaching, our training, that, that the next generation be, will become a powerful, mission-focused advocate for the kingdom of God. We see in the movie that through Miyagi's discipline and training, Daniel becomes successful. Apostle Paul had a disciple named Timothy, and we have two letters that Paul wrote specifically to Timothy, and, and Paul invested in Timothy. He says that Timothy was young. He says that Timothy was, was gifted by God to be a leader, but Paul invested time and energy into Timothy, and in 1 Timothy 4, 8, 10, and 11, we see that Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, for physical training is of some value. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. And then verse 11, he says to Timothy, Command and teach these things. You see, for Paul, it wasn't just enough that he had taught Timothy. It wasn't enough for Paul that, that Timothy knew what to know. There was a directive. There was an imperative. Take what you have learned and teach others. You have a responsibility, church. You have a responsibility to teach, train, and toughen this next generation. Because they are growing up in a culture that is completely hostile to who God is. They are growing up in a culture that is completely hostile to truth, to the message of Jesus. They're growing up in a battleground. They're growing up in a war, and we have a responsibility. You have a responsibility to invest and teach the next generation. And I hope you feel the weight of this responsibility. We're going to take some time to pray with one another. And so I want you to stand up. I want you to find someone to pray with, and I want you to pray the prayer that's on the screen with that person because we have the responsibility church you have the responsibility to find an opportunity find those places where you can spend time investing in the next generation 
And as you pray, the band's going to come out. And they're going to start singing. They're going to start start playing a song. And I want you to just pray for for God to show you where you have an opportunity. Maybe you have young kids at home, and that's your opportunity. Maybe you don't. And this is just the same message for those that don't have young kids right now. That it's your responsibility as well. And so pray. And I know as you're praying, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. The Holy Spirit might put a burden on you to invest in the next generation. And, and Sunday mornings is a good opportunity to do that, but it is not the only place that we need to be investing in the next generation. So spend a few minutes, pray with one another.